1: Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's got great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. It has got awesome new and existing user promotions. It is, unquestionably, America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. It's a fast turnaround. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. Discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with promo code BOXING so they know that I sent you. Promo code BOXING so they know Chris Mannix sent you their way. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andrew Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Right On Saturday night, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano will meet in what is being billed as the biggest fight in women's boxing history. Taylor and Serrano are both trailblazers. This will be the first time a women's boxing match headlines Madison Square Garden. They're expecting a capacity or near-capacity crowd in New York, but they are following in the footsteps of one very specific pioneer uh, in the sport. Christy Martin is the first woman inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. She's regarded by many as the woman who legitimized boxing back in the 1990s. She is the author of Fighting for Survival, My Journey Through Boxing, Fame, Abuse, Murder, and Resurrection. And Christy joins me here uh, on the show. Christy, uh, we were just talking briefly before went on the air and started recording and Page Turner is a phrase I would use for your book, like right off the bat, you recount the time when your husband attempted to kill you. And I want to dive into specific areas of this book. But I mean, when you're, you know, telling this story, was it difficult to recount it in such detail that you had to do for a book?
1: You know, um, first of all, thanks for having me on with you. Um, Ron Borges did a great job, I think captivating and putting everything together as as that we talked about and and as far as sharing my story i really think that that's why god left me here um many the doctors and lots of other people said there's no way that really that i should have lived through what i did um yes it's hard but at the same time some it's um it's very good for me as well i think that um it's healing in some ways um I do. I did have a counselor that told me, as long as you tell the story from like the third person, like this person up here looking down at it, you're never gonna really be healed. Um, you have to be that person that that it's actually happening to. So I'm still at that point, you know. We're we're mm-hmm. 11, 12, almost 12, working on 12 years later, and um, and it's still it's still tough. I mean, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to believe that someone tried to kill you. And then someone that you s- trusted, at least at, at some point in your life, um, you trusted with your life and that they mm. tried to kill you. So it's it's tough. It's still tough.
0: When, when you going back to when you first signed up for the Mean Mountaineer tournament, the tough man, tough woman tournament they had uh, down south. Uh, what was women's boxing at that time?
1: to be honest with you as far as i knew, i didn't even know that it existed um mm. i i just for some crazy reason i thought i want to do this and i guess it was just the the ultimate challenge let me go out there and do this boxing because I'm, you know i'm from southern west virginia boxing isn't big in my area but the tough man contests were huge it was because mm. everybody had their fans I'm, should I say fans or friends following them uh, to come to support them. And, and, you know, you have the guys that are just barroom brawler kind of fighters. So they are tough guys. Then you have the coal miners. You have just people that used to be athletes. So it, it, all walks of life would show up to fight in these, these competitions. And I, I still don't know to this day, why I thought it was a good idea to do boxing.
0: <laughs> you know, when you look at someone like Katie Taylor, who in many ways, was groomed to be a world champion was boxing at a very early age went to the Olympics this was her path um, your path wildly different you know whether it's growing up as you said in a small town in West Virginia uh, going to a couple of different colleges or going uh, transferring colleges to go to Concord uh, down there um, being a basketball player I mean it's it's almost a miracle in some ways that you even got into boxing in the first place
1: it definitely was just by chance. Um, again, why I thought it was a good idea, why I wanted to try to do it. I, I, I don't have a good answer. I, I, I'm trying to find that answer in my mind. I'm like, why did I think that was a good good idea? Um, but I don't know why, but but it sure was a fun ride. It was a one hell of a ride. Uh, went to the, in my opinion, I was definitely at the pinnacle of boxing in the 90s. And And, you know, again, in my opinion and my thoughts, like the nineties was like the last really competitive, crazy good era of boxing that we've had mm-hmm. for a while. Um, yeah, so I came along at a good time with Don King fighting under Mike Tyson. Uh, Showtime was like really, really, really into boxing at the time. Um, I mean, they are now, but like that was their first real strong endeavor into boxing. So it, it was, I was at a good time. I For sure, you know, I fought in the garden Got to fight it all over Las Vegas. Um, saw a lot of the world on someone else's dying.
0: No question. Um, you, you know, you talked in the beginning about writing the book maybe being uh, good for you, maybe a little therapeutic. It seemed like, and you can tell me if I'm off here, but like, you write a lot about, you know, kind of your your sexuality and how being accepted was difficult, you know, where you were from and kind of fighting for that kind of acceptance. It seemed to me from reading your book that boxing was almost therapeutic for you in that way, just getting out kind of frustrations. Um, just, that's kind of my takeaway from it. What did you feel that way?
1: I think so. and I don't think I really realized it at the time. Um, but you know, in hindsight, looking back, like what, what did push me to fight so hard and, and to fight to start with anyway, but it seems like boxing was where I could be, I could be aggressive. I could be strong. I could be, Physical, I could be all those things and not look down on, really. I mean, it might be a little, people thought it was a little strange that a woman wants to do this, but still it was okay. It's that those things are acceptable in the boxing world. Um, mm. But so so maybe it was my little personal outlet that, um, you know, I could be, I could kind of be true to me through boxing. Mm.
0: When, when Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano walk to the ring, there'll be some 18, 20,000 fans cheering for them. Describe to me your first ring walk as a professional boxer.
1: Oh, my. My first ring walk as a professional boxer was back in 1989 at a very small um, arena in Bristol, Tennessee. It seated probably maybe 1,000 people. and And I'm going to guess it was like I could throw a rock easily from my dressing room into the ring. So it wasn't a long walk. It was probably full of uh, laughs and skepticism from the crowd.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it seemed like from from your writing that, you know, you were viewed as more of a sideshow than anything else. Nobody was really taking you seriously at that point.
1: At, at the beginning, it was that, you know, it was just like, wow, who who's putting women fights? Who's doing women? Who What women do we know that are even fighting? Um so it was it was tough. And um I, what I, I think really helped my career was that Don King just put me out there like a fighter. He didn't um he didn't give me any great exceptions. He treated me just like he did all the other fighters and um and we made it work. We were actually a pretty Yeah, good team. You,
0: yeah no no doubt. You um you, you also seemed to know pretty early on the value of being entertaining. Like it wasn't about winning it, it was equally as much about how you won winning by knockout winning over the crowd. I mean, was the, did that come naturally to you?
1: I, I think the aggressive part came naturally to me, but I also, and that's what I tell, especially the women fighters today, but all my fighters um, it's about who entertains the crowd, who puts butts in the seats. That's who's going to be talked about at the end of the night. And that's, who's going to get paid. So mm. it's, it, and, and that's not always right because you can have all the talent in the world, but for whatever reason, you don't have the charisma. You don't, you know, fight fans, the majority of the fight fans want to see knockouts, they at least want to see really solid hard shots being landed. They want to see you trying to knock somebody out. They're not, you know, always a fan of just the great boxers. And I mean, we've seen that like Pernell Whitaker, great boxer, legend, great boxer, but maybe never really won over the fight fans. Um, so it, it, you have to have that entertainment value as well. Mm-hmm.
0: You mentioned Don King and his placement of you on his shows and the major cards was obviously huge for your career. How did you get connected with Don King?
1: That's another thing that happened just by chance. I was working out in a gym in Daytona Beach. Um, a gentleman that was training fighters for him, for Don King, happened to come in the gym, and his name was Jesse Robinson. And he saw me sparring and thought, Wow. Well, first he asked, who is that guy? Because I, I had long hair at the time. I had it all tucked up under my headgear and uh, they started laughing at him and said, that's not a guy, that's Christy." And so he just kept watching and watching him. And, and like every day that went by, we got a little more uh, to know each other a little better. And finally he said, I'm gonna take you to Don King. And you have to remember, I'm a I'm coal miner's daughter from Southern West Virginia. And my first thought is, of course you're gonna take me to Don King. Um, <laughs> never really thinking that would happen one day I got the phone call, VK was ready to see you. And, uh, you know, as fast as I could, I jumped in the car from Daytona and, and drove to Fort Lauderdale.
0: When you met with him for the first time, you know, what was his, what was his plan for you? What was his message to you at that time?
1: You know, I, I that's a good question because I don't know if he really had a plan. <laughs> um, I don't even know why, to be honest, why he decided to sign me. Um, I had taken a VHS tape that tells you how old I am down to show him. <laughs> and, uh, his, he had just moved to offices, his office, uh, guy didn't have everything set up. So I couldn't, you couldn't see the tape. It wouldn't play. Mm. So I actually got up in his, in his office and started the shadow box. And, um, you know, he, he did the famous Don King laugh and like sign her up. So we did signed a <laughs> signed a contract that right there on the spot.
0: And, and being with him, what did that do for you? Like, did it happen right away? Did you, did it legitimize you in right away?
1: Uh, I I think, I think yes, right away. Um, The first thing I signed with him in October of 93, I fought on the first card for him in um, January of 94, which happened to be the first card ever promoted at the MGM grand in Las Vegas. Uh, That was the Chavez Frankie Randall one show Mm -hmm. loaded for, I think it was four, four or five world title fights on the show. So here I am, you know, you're getting introduced to the world. I wasn't getting TV exposure in the United States, but I was getting, uh, all over the world on King vision. So mm-hmm. it, well, it didn't take long that people from other countries started to ask me for interviews. And I really could never understand I'm like, well, people in the United States don't even know me. How can they know me? But <laughs> they were, they knew me from the, uh, King vision, uh, mm-hmm. feeds of all the fights. Mm-hmm.
0: I-, I remember reading early on did you have to wear like a breast protector at one point did they make you wear like a catcher's uh, uh body armor or something
1: yeah that was actually that happened in uh bristol tennessee in one of the very very <laughs> first fights and uh, i mean not only was it ridiculous but it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah. um yes that did happen
0: <laughs> it's amazing that that people would think that would be a thing back then that that would make any sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah. The sport has definitely uh, progressed
0: (laughs) in lots of ways. When you, when you look back on your career, what would you say was the signature fight of your career?
1: Oh, of course the, the fight that really kicked off women's boxing was against uh, Deirdre Gogarty and we Mm -hmm. were, we were in the right place at the right time. And we put on a great fight Uh, being under Tyson Bruno and, and we were not the opening fight that night. We were like, two fights or one fight between the main event, Mike Tyson and, uh, and us. So by this point, basically everybody's already settled into their seat. They're, they're ready to watch the fights. Um, I, I do hear that when we came into the ring, then we got a little bit of a uh, booze and cat calls and, and, um, some people were like, what the hell is Don King doing now? But <laughs> after the first round, it was, it was, we had won over a lot, a lot of fight fans.
0: Yeah, and I remember having this discussion with Katie about how she remembers that fight and how important that fight was, not just that it happened, but it was so entertaining, that it was so back and forth, the action, like the the importance of the quality of that fight was just as important as that fight taking place.
1: Absolutely, because what if we had been um, slappers? I mean, what if we have yeah. been out there and, or even if I would have, or, or one of us would have gone out there and knocked out the other one, and it, it wouldn't have been that competitive, bloody battle. Um, you know, wouldn't have had the same reaction from the fight fans. So that, that, um, like I said, that was definitely a timing thing, and we were in the right place. We were both ready to bring our very best, and I, I feel like we did that night. We, we both brought our best.
0: I mean, what, from someone that went from fighting in front of a few hundred people in Bristol, Tennessee, to fighting on that card in that event. I mean, what was that like for you?
1: You know, when, when somebody says something is, oh, that happened, it was just really unbelievable. You you, you and people out there really can't understand how small, small my little town is. Actually, I I, I made <laughs> one I, mile, I made, right?
0: Just one mile? Yeah. yeah.
1: I really would not accept anything but Ron Borges to go back to my hometown with me because I, I told him, unless you actually go there, I can talk to you about it. I can tell you about it. But unless you actually go there and walk those streets and meet the people, you just can't understand. So he did, and he was just like, I'm really glad that, that I came because now I, I do understand better the things that you were trying to tell me. Um, so you go from that person, I had 86 people graduate in my high school class to now fighting in front of live 20,000 people and hundreds of countries all around the world. Um, it's pretty, pretty remarkable.
0: You know, when you going back to your hometown makes you think of your relationship with your family, how long did it take your family to kind of accept that you were a professional boxer to, to believe that it was something real?
1: Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I think my mother, you know, at first, of course, wasn't happy about it. And my, but my dad always said, if you're going to do it, be in great shape. And go out there and learn and prepare yourself. Don't go out there and get hurt. Uh don't go out there and embarrass yourself. Uh so I, I think I did those things. Um I they got caught up in in the in the excitement in the in the media, the press, the the um, I guess we could say fame. I you know, mm-hmm. they were they thought it was really awesome, really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. You're um as I said, the very first. Chapter of the book is you recounting when your husband at the time uh, nearly killed you. When you look back at, at that experience, I mean, how? Or, what do you think of? Do you think I'm amazed I'm alive? You know, the guy that drove by, thank God he was there to you know to put me in his car and drive me to the hospital. What what what's the strongest memory for you?
1: It's just um, the the strongest memory is this point. I'm laying on the floor bleeding. I hear my lung gurgling. I know that I'm going to die. And he shot me. I, I remember just looking up to the ceiling and, and like, it seemed like I was looking in God's eyes. And I just said, please help me get out of here. Show me a way and and it was almost immediately that the uh, shower water turned on and from that point on i i got up after i had been trying for hours to get up every time i would get up i would blood was squirt out of all these holes all over me and um i got scared and so i would lay back down but this time for what reason whatever reason i um i got up i you know got my own car keys and thought i was going to drive myself to the hospital um
0: you got the wrong car keys. I got the right? wrong car work? keys.
1: Yeah, so I go over to my I go to my car and I have the wrong keys and I'm like, "Oh, shit. You know, what do I do now?" So that's why I end up running to the middle of the road and um basically as I say carjacking somebody. And thank God that uh Rick Cole came by, my my angel and um mm-hmm. scooped me up and took me to the hospital.
0: I'm sure you hear or asked all the time why would you stay in such an abusive relationship? Why would you stay 20 years in that relationship? To people that would say that, how would you you respond?
1: Well, unfortunately, that's what domestic violence victims, uh, that's what we hear, you know, why did you stay? Why would you stay? Just leave. If it were that easy, we would just leave. Um, Mm -hmm. But for 20 years, Jim told me that he would kill me if ever I left. So not only did that obviously weigh on me heavy, but the thought that he also said, I'll tell the world that you're a lesbian, I'll blackmail you with this, videotapes, I'll blackmail you with that. Um, so there was a lot of weight for me just to walk away. I mean, my boxing career was was my life and I, I didn't wanna lose it. So I, I, um, I, I really never, even though I talked to him at times to Jim during the boxing career, would you please give me a divorce? Um, of course, there would never it would never happen. Um, I, I just I couldn't push it at those times. I wasn't mm. confident enough, and I didn't want to lose my career. Mm.
0: Yeah, and you. I mean, what, were you when you were still fighting towards the very end? Were you fighting for the same reasons you were at the beginning?
1: No, and I always said that if boxing ever becomes a job, I don't want it anymore because I loved it. I mean, I loved it, and um, but it did. It became a job. And I, the I really wish when the fight was canceled with Lucia, I think that was in 003 maybe. Um, I should have retired at that point because I had trained, I mean, I had trained as hard as I could train. I was in great shape and I was ready for that fight. There was nothing else that was gonna get me as excited uh, for that other than that fight. I mean, I had done everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so I should have stopped at that time. But lots of us fighters, you know, I, I still think And when I wake up this morning, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go run. And I think I'm going to train. and I'm going <laughs> to do it one more time. But, you know, by the time I've had a cup of coffee and I've sat here for five minutes doing some work, I'm like, yeah, maybe tomorrow.
0: <laughs> so still tempted to this day to get back in the ring. It's in my tempted.
1: mind, in my mind, I still want to get back in the ring. But, and and I had a stroke in um, 2011 when I broke my hand. They put me to sleep. I had a stroke. So. Uh, the doctor at that point told me, don't get hit in the head anymore. Mm. Of course, I did basically lie to the commission in California and fight Mia St. John. Um, but that told me right there that the stroke took more out of me than I thought it did. Um, you know, I guess I don't mean to disrespect Mia, but Mia should never beat me on my worst day and her best day. Mm. But she did. Mm. And that's when um, that's when I knew I was done.
0: You opened the door for so many women in boxing. As we sit here now, what do you think of where women's boxing is today?
1: I think this particular fight, Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, huge. I mean, huge. Million-dollar paydays, fighting in the garden. Um, That is great. But has women's boxing as a whole really grown any since the 90s? I don't think so. I, I Actually, I don't even think there's as many really good fighters out there right now today as we had in the nineties. Um, so it, I'm, I'm disappointed. I really thought, um, uh, you know, it would have taken off by now and, and be more acceptable, more promoters, putting on major cards, putting female fighters on major cards, but now we, we don't even have that many fights on TV. Women fights.
0: Mm. Is that what, when you say you, it needs to take off more. Is it just more visibility, more top women's fighters? What? How do you define that?
1: I, I think it's it takes more visibility because without yeah. really being seen, they're like me, you know, how, how do they really even know that women box for a living or as a career? So yeah, without the exposure, it's just, it's never going to grow. Right? We can yeah. have really great women fighters, but if they're not getting exposure, they're not growing fans, they're not growing in paydays. Um, it's going to be hard to to grow the sport.
0: Yeah, no question. Um, The last thing I want to ask you is, you know, we talked at the beginning about a kind of joining or you signing up for that Mean Mountaineer competition, getting the Tough Woman uh, tournaments. And and I recall a part, a chapter in your book where, you know, how you said you came upon that sign by chance, you know, the sign for the the Mean Mountaineer competition. Um, and, And you sort of wrote like, you know, if you hadn't signed up for it, you never would have, you know, become a great women's boxer, but you also never would have met your ex-husband, you never would have had to hide your sexuality for so long. As you look back now, if you had if you could go back in time and had the choice to take take one path or the other, to sign up for that competition or to go the other way, finish college, pursue more basketball, whatever the alternative would have been for you at that time, which path would you choose? Would you still do the same thing looking back on everything?
1: I, I can't I can't imagine how I could say I wouldn't do the same path because of my boxing career i mean i um as i said i got to see a lot of the world on on somebody else's dime and um otherwise i would have been teaching school in southern west virginia taking one vacation a year probably you know probably to florida or you know somewhere and 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 that would be it that would be my life same thing you know every day seven to three or four or what school days are and um I, I, I can't see, I can't think that I could say, no, I would have chosen that life instead of the crazy life I've lived.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Christy, the book is fantastic. Fighting for Survival, My Journey Through Boxing, Fame, Abuse, Murder, and res- Resurrection. Christy wrote it uh, with Ron Borges. Uh, great to talk to you, Christy. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, uh, which will be an event that you help pave the way for in, in Thank many you ways very much. Uh, being out there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Make sure you give me a shout out on uh, Saturday and um, we will have the books at the boxing hall of fame in June. So everybody bring an extra 30 bucks to, to buy the, the book, Ron Borges and I both will be there to sign up for you.
0: That's right. You finally get your, your induction, you were inducted back in 2020, but COVID uh, shut all that down.
1: So finally, finally, after all those years, you know, after all those years of waiting and dreaming and hoping that someday <laughs> that women will be allowed to be in the international boxing hall of fame. Um, we'll get to have that moment.
0: When you got that call, were you surprised that you were inducted? I mean, how, wh- what did you think?
1: Um, yeah, because you know, part of it, I know that a lot of people, everybody has their their fan, you know, they have their fans and they have their haters, and so, and this is part of Jim Martin. He had convinced me that I had much more or many more haters than fans. So, you know, I, I, I um as bad as I hate to say it, I sometimes still hear his voice in my head. Lots of times I still hear his voice in my head. And, um, and I just thought those people are never going to vote for me to, uh, to be into the hall of fame.
0: Yeah. Well, they, they certainly did. It's well-deserved. Of course, Christy, great to talk to you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck Yeah. And some waves, so we can go surfing.
1: (laughs) I love that. A
0: redwood forest would be cool.
1: I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's
0: do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we
0: know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.